up, everybody? It is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. What is that? Uh, I don't want to insult anybody, but we're going to get into some insults later on the show. And I know, you know, people, they don't like drama in their Star Wars, but don't worry. We're going to have some fun with it because we're actually doing a Kessel Run today. As you probably see in the title of the episode, we're going to go over the top 12, the best, the best of the best, the best insults in Star Wars. You know them, you love them throughout all the trilogies, a lot of good jabs, well-written ones, uh, top to bottom. So we're going to have fun with that. Uh, running through the best insults with me are Lacey and James. So, uh, how are, how are you two doing? Are you, do you have, uh, do you have like a, a set insult that you like to jab at people with or anything like that in your day to day? Not really. I mean, I call people like, oh, you're being an idiot jokingly, but that's kind of it. Cause yeah. I don't really mean it. It's more like you're yeah. being silly. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think. I, I don't, I don't ever, I don't have that type of humor where it's like, mm -hmm. you know, where like cracking jokes on each other and, and poking at the other person and stuff. Um, the best I can come up with is I just, I call Bennett silly, like all the time, like, oh, you're being <laughs> silly, but that's <laughs> nowhere near the same thing. Yeah. I don't know that I have a set one. Um, like sometimes if somebody's too dry or whatever or boring, I'll say they have the personality of a blank and I'll just put an inanimate object in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or I'll call someone a banana if they're acting like a banana. Yeah. That's about it. Um, but yeah, Star Wars has some good ones. So we're going to get into that later. Um, but of course, we have other stuff going on. As you always know, we have uh, many a segments here on TRB. But before we do that, uh, if you love the podcast, if you love TRB and you want to support what we do, please consider supporting us over on Patreon. That is our really our only source that keeps us going, that keeps us growing, that keeps the podcast alive. We just launched some awesome new updates over there. Uh, and you probably saw, if you are a patron, we're doing the live Q&As now. We're doing live commentaries. We're basically taking what we did and improving it and making it a better, more interactive communal experience in addition to our chats and all that stuff. A lot of great benefits over there. So it's a great time to sign up if you've been thinking about it for a while and you want to support what we do. Uh, so just take a minute, go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Check out the tiers. Pick the one that works best for you. We have tiers starting at two bucks a month, all the way up to the Spice Runner tier. Five slots left on that. Seven of you have already signed up. That's amazing. That's Thank nice. you all so much. Uh, we'll hit you up later. But um, we really appreciate all the support. It, uh, like I said, it keeps us going, keeps us growing and uh, gets us ramped up for big plans that we have in the future because uh, we're always looking to do new things and bigger things and uh, we can't do it without your support. So thank you all so much from the three of us. Um, James, we are switching things up and bringing back a segment that we like around here that involves a number and that number is one. The force is with me and I'm one with the force. All right, one with the force. Yeah, we have been doing Will of the Force for a little while, and it's nice to come back to this, get a precise answer. You only get one answer on this one, so um, let's get started. Uh, the first one we're going to do here is name one CG Star Wars character that should have been made using practical effects instead. A CG character now has to be practical. Lacey, I'm starting with you. What's your pick? Jabba in the prequels. 
Ooh. We already got Jabba as the puppet in original trilogy. We got spoiled with that. So then to see him as CG in the prequels, like I get what they were trying to do and what they wanted to do. They wanted to show him like walking around and stuff. It just doesn't work compared to the puppet. It's just so cool. So I would say Jabba. Jabba. That's a good answer. Um, you uh, Also, too, Jabba from A New Hope. That might be a good one, too. Yeah. Um, and uh, John, what do you got? What's your one character? I am going to say the clone troopers, man. It's very video gamey looking. And especially when they're all doing the like marching and in, in, um, in, no, in, in line and doing the steps and stuff. It looks very copy and paste. It really does. And I feel like when you see then the Force Awakens, when they brought that back and you see the stormtroopers like moving their heads and they're all kind of they're in uniform, but they're doing their thing. I feel like those motions, JJ did that on purpose to say those are human beings in costume and they're doing it back. So I, I think I would have liked to have seen clone troopers in actual like people in actual suits and that sort of thing. I think that would have been better for the prequels because even like when I first showed it to my nephews, they were like, it feels like a cartoon and it kind of was. So uh, I would, I would say the clone troopers, the clone troopers. Um, well, that was my answer. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> it actually was my answer, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was I was running through, I was like, shoot, because I, I thought neither one of you were gonna go for it because I did I was like, is that one character? I'm gonna try to bend the <laughs> rules here uh a little bit. Um Well it's one is just copied a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it was okay. I was like, hey, this is this is the change I want to see. Um but since you said that, I'll go with well, I'll go with another one, and I don't actually even know this character's name. Uh, I tried to look it up very quickly, and I couldn't do it. So maybe one of you guys do. But it is the singer in the uh, Return of the Jedi Jabba's Palace that they replaced the music, and it's the guy. He's like, ah, da 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 da. Yowza. Joe Yowza. Yeah. So I think that. That was a bad change, <laughs> right? But I do think that maybe if they would have done something cool and practical in that and had that character singing or something and it was like reinvigorating that style as opposed to the style that people really didn't want. I don't want a CG character in this scene. You know what I mean? I liked Star Wars because it was this. Had they done it as a practical character, could have been something new and interesting and had or a like... Puppet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like not... Like, cause to this day, I don't really care who programmed that, but if he was a puppet, I would be like, oh, this was the guy or this is how they did it at the time. And that would have been really interesting. Um, you know, maybe even if it wasn't like a, a, a great change, it would have been mm -hmm. a lot more interesting historically, uh, to have that character be a puppet. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that was off the top of my head. Real answer. <laughs> John, you're right. Uh, all right. We're moving on to the next one here. Um, what character... Uh, that died during the prequel era, would you like to have seen more if they lived? So you get one pick. Um, John, I'm going to jump back at you for this one. You get first pick. Who's who's your one character? This is a tough one for me because I am okay with how it ended with them. Mm -hmm. But Qui-Gon, man. Qui-Gon Jinn? Love Liam Neeson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know we think he's coming back for Kenobi and stuff, but... I, I would have loved to have had more live action adventures with that actor playing that role. Um, and I know it served the purpose of the story, but in, you know, in a vacuum of this question, you know, continuity and canon doesn't matter. I would have loved to have seen more of Liam, ne Liam Neeson's Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm -hmm. Lacey, what do you got? 
this is going to be a boring answer because I've said this before and I know we've talked about it before, but Mole. He was like so cool. And I remember the advertisements and commercials and all that stuff where the doors open and you see him and he takes the hood off. And I just remember people being so hyped about Mall. And then we've talked about this on the show. Someone gave this answer as like the guy at the movie theater dressed up as Mall, and then he's sitting there and then the, the movie ends and he's still sitting there because he's yeah. in shock. I just think he would have been really cool to, to keep alive. Now, obviously, we know he does end up living and goes on, but sure. I just feel like the series would be different if he was around for all three. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, John stole my answer again. <laughs> He's just taking him. Why don't you go, first? Go, go first. Go first. Uh, no, I, mean, I think we'll be all right. But my, uh, yeah, Qui-Gon Jinn is my answer. Um, my second that I, actually, I totally understand why they did this with this character and it's probably for the better. But um, I think we didn't get enough of Dooku and had Dooku maybe had a different fate mm. um i i understand and i almost like the fate that he has like killed by Anakin and then you made Anakin like the main villain for the movie like that obviously makes sense um but it just it feels a little cheap when you build up Dooku in the second one and then in the third one it's like crawl Dooku dead <laughs> like that fast uh and it's just like it feels like this this could have been something really cool with this character and, and he just dies so fast. It's like, Oh dang it. That was a little bit of a bummer. Um, plus I always, I always want, I always wanted the Dooku book and we finally got it. So I think he's a very interesting character. Not, not to go on a tangent, but I don't know if I'll bring, like think of this again. Like we, we've had the whole star Wars as a villain problem discussion in the past, but when you think about the prequels, Lucas really like, serialized his villains for that you had palpatine obviously pulling the strings up top but then he's like first one maul second one dooku third one grievous Mm -hmm. he's like those are your villains yeah one each bing 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 and i I don't know maybe like like lacy said if maul was throughout the whole thing maybe it adds more weight at the end than you know more dooku or something it's just something to think about but not saying change it not saying change it yeah like just imagine if maul still kills qui-gon then goes on to live for the next two movies, and then in the last movie, it's Maul and Anakin versus Obi Wan. Mm. I mean, because that, in the first that movie, would be it would wild. be Qui Gon, or, yeah. or just Anakin killing Maul to to take the spot. Oh, and that puts him over. Yeah, no, like, I'm saying mirror what he had experienced in the first movie, which was him and Qui Gon against Maul, flipping it. Mm. Th- this would be cool say so say i know i just said i like dooku but like had dooku never been in it we wouldn't have missed anything could have been maul villain in the first one maul bigger badder villain in the second one and in the third one anakin skywalker cut cuts off his head in the, in the third one and mm. takes his place like it, it's almost like a, a kylo ren moment where it's like you now you did exactly what we wanted to do you killed the big bad are you going to be on the light side or the dark side? And he's like, I think I'll take the dark side. And he just goes that way and takes over as the next, uh, apprentice that that'd be cool. We're dreaming. Mm -hmm. We're dreaming. All right. Uh, we got two, we got a couple more questions here. Uh, which star Wars character do you think likely racked up the most traffic violations and tickets? Uh, Lacey, uh, go first on this one. What do you got? So my my gut reaction is to say Han Solo just because he's a mess when it comes to like any type of rules or 
organization, but I'm actually going to go with Cassie and Andor because I feel like he's the type of character that will get in a vehicle, drive it to where he needs to go, and then will leave the vehicle anywhere he wants as long as he's completing his mission, and then he'll move on and get another vehicle. Like, I don't think he's sticking around for all the vehicles that he has. I mean, obviously, he has his own ship, but I'm saying if he's going into a city, he's driving in in something, leaving it, getting in a different one, leaving kind of like James Bond or like some type of spy. K2 reminding him of his balances. <laughs> Just so you know, on this planet, you owe this much money. Yeah. 6,000 Republic credits. Right. Yeah. That's great. John, do you have a do you have an answer? What do you got? So I was leaning towards Anakin just because of how reckless he is and how much time he's probably spent on Coruscant, which is probably a lot of police doing traffic stops and a lot of ticketing and stuff. But because we kind of see it happen already, I'm going to go with Lando. Because oh, yeah, that's they put right. A, they, they put a boot on the Millennium Falcon and he was acting like he didn't know. That thing had been booted for a while. Mm-hmm. So he, he clearly d- does a lot of parking violations it's a fast ship. He made a lot of uh, upgrades to it. He clearly, you know, likes to have cocktails when he drinks, when he drives. Uh, I think Lando got himself in, in some violations and some trouble. I bet he he uh, he leads on this lavish life, but I think he had a lot of debts and a lot of that probably involved a lot of uh, citations, violations from parking to speeding and all that stuff. So I'm going to go with Lando. Yeah. Um, I think... Uh... I think that we all probably also think Han Solo. I think that's a great pick, but yeah. it's almost too easy, right? Um, so my answer that I went with is uh, Sebulba. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think Sebulba has this very big head on Tatooine. He's the hottest thing in the area. Everybody loves him. Everybody wants him at the club. Whatever nightclub. No, I'm serious. Whatever club. like club or bar you have in Tatooine, like it would be the biggest deal if Sebulba shows up, you know? Right, so I right. think with that type of a head and that mentality, I could absolutely see him being the type of character that just like rolls around town and he's super hot shot. He doesn't care. You know what I mean? Parks his car here and like everybody's like, you can't park here. And he's like not listening to him. He just goes in. You know yeah. what I mean? He knows he's going to be taken care of. Uh, all his drinks are going to be paid for. He skips the line. The Sebulba sucks. <laughs> I, think, I just think he's generally a bad person. And I would imagine that uh, like any sort of like traffic violation or, or anything like that, like he just literally like does not care about. And he just pay, you know, has somebody pay all that or take care of it maybe he pays off the police or whatever who knows like he just seems like a crummy person Fair. so yeah that's a good yeah that's a solid pick yeah um all right we got one more here and that is what is r2d2's most heroic moment in star wars all of star wars what's his most heroic mo- moment john man uh that is so tough because there are so many. Um, boy, there are too many. <laughs> I would say, yeah, nice. I don't know if this counts as heroic, but him going with Luke on the attack on the Death Star, like he's flying with this kid who's in over his head, and he goes and he gets fried. 
like almost like when a soldier wins a purple heart you know like he just gets absolutely obliterated and he comes back and c-3po's offering to help give him parts and stuff like that and you know luke's like yeah he's gonna be okay um i i want to say that because he went into the toughest battle you know again with his rookie pilot did his job helped him out uh i think that's an underrated moment because there are moments where he just does things by himself like the Nubian fixed the you know hyperdrive for the Nubian or whatever, but I'm gonna go with that. Battle of Yavin getting all blown up for the for the cause. Lacey, you got an answer? What do you got? Uh, going into Jabba's palace, he was like super confident in Luke's plan. He never wavered. Was always like, yeah, I got this. Was even sassy and confident and arrogant about it. Um, to the point that he went along with the whole plan the whole time, was a bartender, like serving drinks, didn't care, um, and then was so confident he didn't share the plan with C-3PO. <laughs> and then he's the whole reason Luke gets out, because he shoots the lightsaber at Luke. So I would say Jabba's palace. Nice. Um, man, uh, I'm going to go with uh, him on Endor. Um, there's obviously crazy terrain, but he was still like trucking through it, you know? Um, but the thing is, is that like, he was called to go to like the hub of where the battle was happening, you know, right in front of that, uh, facility. And he manages to make his way all the way there and he's wide open and he's, he's doing his job, what he needed to do to unlock those doors and even got shot and you know it it doesn't really affect him like he's he knows that he's completely open and danger um you know um ready or not danger ready i don't know what i'm trying to say he's in danger he's in the mm-hmm. danger zone let's top gun it up mm-hmm. um but it it doesn't bother him because he knows that he has a job to do and and in this case he needs to help them get into that facility and even though he's just straight wide open he's there to do his job so um, I'd probably go with that. That's mm, nice. off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably R2's most heroic moment in my eyes. Um, great answers, everybody. Um, that is going to wrap us up for uh, One with the Force this week. Hopefully it is back again soon. Um, we're going to go ahead and move into our next section here. Uh, John, you want to take us into the Kessel Run? You've never heard of the Millennium Falcon? It's a ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. Yeah, we said at the top, um, we are doing the Kessel Run. It is our segment if you're new to the podcast. First of all, welcome. Welcome to TRB. We hope hope you're having a good time hanging out with us here. Um, We put together a list of 12 items on one topic in Star Wars and why 12 to honor Han Solo and the Cruise Kessel Run that we saw play out in Solo. So this week, we are doing the 12 best insults in Star Wars. And by that... We mean those little jabs that people make at other characters that add a little bit to the humor in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, So we're going to go around. We each brought four picks to the table to put together our little Voltron. I know it's not Star Wars. uh, (laughs) A list of 12 of the best insults in uh, the franchise. Megazord. Megazord. Yeah, Power (laughs) Rangers, right? Yeah. Um, All right. So I'll go first. I'm going to go first here. Um, I'm probably going to keep two of mine together. So I'm going to, the first one I'm going to go with is, uh, mindless philosopher. (laughs) And that is at the very beginning of a new hope. Um, obviously you have to have C3PO kind of telling the audience what R2D2 is saying, because he's beeping and booping. 
And he says, don't call me a mindless philosopher. And I just think that's so funny because it's a very earthy type of thing. The, you know, philosopher and you're mindless. And it's just this like very sharp, tack-witted jab. And if you're going into that movie, say like when people are sitting in the theater in 1977, they're probably expecting a very sci-fi type of thing. And they're not expecting wisecracking robots uh, kind of going back and forth at each other, kind of like Abbott and Costello. So I think that really set the bar for Star Wars. It set the humor. And uh, I just, for some reason, how offended C-3PO gets at that <laughs> jab. Uh, I always get a kick out of that. So don't you call me a mindless philosopher. So I'm going to kick it off with mindless philosopher. Yeah, I'll go next. Um, but I, I really like that pick. And I, I, th- I think it's funny too, like a lot of these, I don't, I don't think this way. We started kind of the podcast off. Do you have a go-to thing? I don't think this way in the sense of like taking someone's personality and like kind of trying to, to, you know what you are, you're, you're this or whatever. And calling somebody a mindless philosopher is not just like a blanket. It's not like you're calling someone a piece of crap or something like that. Like it, it really feels like you've targeted this person (laughs) and you're trying to get to their core like your ideas are terrible you know (laughs) you are you are a mindless philosopher you think you you think you're so great and you have no idea what you're talking about kind of thing Mm -hmm. so i i really like that one um i'm gonna go with uh for my first pick um I'm going to go with with Darth Vader calling Ozel, uh, you know, sidestepping him. He's not even in the room, but he refers to him. He is as clumsy as he is stupid. <laughs> that is so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for some reason, just always thought that was such a, um, a, a kind of like what I was just talking about, like a sharp insult on a person. Like, I have been around this person enough to know that he makes really dumb obvious mistakes um and he has no place to be an admiral anymore in my army i am absolutely sick of it um and and he's also in a way kind of also insulting um uh anybody who like listens to him you know what i'm saying like he's saying like well he was trying to he thought maybe surprise was a better and he's like no like that guy is clumsy and he's stupid and anybody who follows him obviously does not have it together so um i think that that insult kind of transcends just a single individual which i think was pretty cool it's also really funny hearing darth vader who's like this like kind of like ominous like evil character being like he's stupid you're like what (laughs) you you can think of all these like probably intelligent insults he could come out of his mouth he's like no he's just dumb (laughs) he's just stupid (laughs) so good uh my first insult is fuzzball as in laugh it up fuzzball (laughs) uh han solo says it to chewy and this is kind of a funny insult only because not only is it coming from han solo which everything he says is hilarious but it's the fact that he obviously doesn't mean it in a mean way. It's just kind of like what oh, yeah. you were saying earlier, James. It's like kind of like a pokey friend thing. I think we were talking about like personalities and like joking around with people at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, this is clearly two best friends and they're so comfortable with each other. He's like, you're laughing at me about this scenario. And yet you're like literally a laughing 
you know, what Leia says, a laughing carpet, you know, walking carpet. Mm -hmm. So you're like this big furry animal and you're laughing at me. So like, yeah, laugh it up fuzzball. But at the end of the day, like you're big and hairy. So whatever. And it's like such like a friendly best friend jab. Like you you don't don't want me to get started on you, buddy. Zip it now. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead, laugh. (laughs) And it just reminds me of like my own relationships with like my best friends where we say stupid stuff and the other person like knows exactly what to call you just to bring you down a peg when you're like yeah don't make fun of me because i know things about you that no one knows type thing um yeah. so i just really love that and it's one of those lines that everybody always says and it's just funny yeah it's like the you know and george lucas likes you know the 1950s stuff and like american graffiti he like plays this type of humor out where it's like the guys are out being guys and like the girl like shoots the guy down and the other guy laughs at him and yeah he's like, yeah you're supposed to have my back yeah like laugh off fuzzball yeah Yeah. way to turn on me quickly (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah i kind of i kind of dig that that's a good pick um all right my next one is kind of a partner second half to my first one uh so in response to r2d2 calling c3po a mindless philosopher he calls him an overweight glob of grease uh and i think why i like it so much is like how can a droid be overweight He's just that, that was that was his model. That's his model. So like he he's insinuating that he's like Fat. should be thinner. Yeah. So I just think that's so funny because it makes absolutely no sense. So for a droid to to put a human, you know, condition element to uh, an astromech, another droid, I think is so f- so funny. And it's like the 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 subtle part of that. And then the glob of grease is just you know just calling him like dirty, but. Uh, the overweight part, I just it, it gets overlooked a lot, but I just love it so much. I think that's so funny. And I think the the glob of grease thing is even more than just dirty too. It's also kind of like like what purpose does anybody have for a glob of grease? You know what I mean? Like what a what a, a lowest level of <laughs> Low, insult. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but John also too that 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 insult coming from C three PO specifically in A New Hope um, always kind of reminded me of of the writing was uh, supposed to kind of be related, I I would assume to like Abbott and Costello kind of thing. Like, so you have like the skinny one and the heavier set one or whatever. So um, to, in order to kind of um, give that vibe with these two characters and kind of remind you of something that we already know we love, um, they use kind of a joke that maybe one would say to the other, like he calls, calls them, you know, fat or, or whatever stubby or, or, you know, um, kind of, kind of that jab at uh, their weight, even though it's it's funny because it's a droid, so it has this extra dimensional funny. Like, why would he say that? Is that C three PO trying to be human, but he doesn't understand it? So, yeah, like, I like is R two going to stop in front of a mirror, like sucking his gut? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not overweight. <laughs> <laughs> He's like flap on, flap off, flap on, flap right. on. <laughs> um, um, yeah, that's right. a good pick. Yeah, James, um, you're up, right? I'm going to go with on my next pick here. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, with a long one. Um, and, and John and Lacey do know I picked this one and that is going to be Leia saying, uh, why you stuck up half witted scruffy looking nerf herder the whole line. Um, because it, it is, it's a string. It's a a Tony Hawk trying to get your special meter up of insults. And, (laughs) I, I just it was as soon as John proposed the 12 best insults I was like oh that is that's my go-to recognizable insult in Star mm-hmm, Wars mm-hmm. because it's it's a scene that's absolutely devoted to her 
looking for any next thing, you know, like she's looking to deliver another one, you know, um, mm-hmm. and she can't even really like express it. It's a, it's such a good acting moment because she very clearly is so angry that her brain isn't working enough. She just thinks the more insults, the harder it's going to hit him. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's great because Han realizes what he's doing. He's like riling, riling her up or whatever. And, and he's like, who's scruffy looking? <laughs> like that's the, out of everything that she's trying to convey is actual answer to him or insult to him. He still kind of takes it as like, none of that bothered me. Cause I, I see that I'm connecting with you on a level. I would like to be connecting with you on, you know? getting under your skin a little bit so that one to me is the is the go-to insult for star wars i think you're right i think that's the first thing people think of as like the ultimate insult in star wars just because of honestly the delivery i think carrie fisher was so good at the delivery of this line like you said that it's just everyone's been there at some point where they're just so angry that they're just like i'm gonna say everything i can think of just to make you feel something that i'm feeling Mm -hmm. um and it's just ridiculous. And you end up looking like Carrie Fisher did, where she's just like, you could see steam yeah. coming out of her ears and like you're just throwing words at someone. Um, but it's just so perfect. It's so well. And and like you said, James, the, the best thing is like out of all the stuff she said, he's like, hey, don't talk about my looks. Like, what? Right, exactly. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, he doesn't care about his like arrogance or his, right. his intelligence. Or that he's a nerf her. Yeah, he's just, hey, I'm good looking. <laughs> Right, so I shaved funny. today. What are you or, talking? Or about? like he yeah. he thinks those things are true. Like a nerf herder to me would be like a a, a bull rider or like a cow right. wrangler or something like that. Like cowboy basically. And out of all that whole thing, he's like, I am kind of a cowboy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the <laughs> yeah. one thing that gets me is scruffy looking. Like I wouldn't I say showered. I wouldn't hey. say scruffy looking. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all those other things. Yeah, maybe half witted. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah. So that was definitely a good one. I think one of my favorite things about Star Wars, which you'll see in the majority of my list, and I think a lot of ours, is that it's always two to three words plus. Like, it's always like multiple words to get to someone in Star Wars. Um, So the one I pick is from The Last Jedi, and it's Trigger Happy Flyboy. And it's what Holdo says to to Poe. And I just... This is one of those exchanges in The Last Jedi that I adore. And I always, like, if I have it on in the room or something, I'm always stopping and watching because it's just so magnetic in the way that she just literally knocks him down, like, inch by inch with everything she's saying. And this, the way she just delivers this is so perfect. Um, And it just sums up basically what we're all thinking from the beginning of the movie is that he's a trigger-happy flyboy. He's the guy in the cockpit, which then links to... What Leia had said earlier, which is my favorite line in Last Jedi, which is get your head out of your cockpit type thing. Um, It's just it's perfect. And it's like such a good insult because it's not just like something ridiculous, you know, like nerf herder, like Mm -hmm. some crazy word. It's literally like cutting him down as like his own character. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. she got to exactly who he is. Yeah. 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 And that one cuts deeper than a lot of them because... I mean, Last Jedi has humor, but it also is kind of a dark movie. Yeah, yeah. Because he's ju- he's 15 minutes out from causing 
a lot of what has she happened. She just killed a bunch of people, and she's saying, yeah. like, hey, remember when you killed all those people? You trigger happy flyboy. Like, right. And, and at the same time, you could see it as a test almost because she does reveal that she likes him, but that whole right. time she was, like, pushing him to realize it, but he right. had to realize it himself. So mm-hmm. she kept trying to push him, push him, push him. So, but uh, it, it it is a good line. It's quick and it's effective and it's definitely sharp. And if I was Poe, it'd probably really get under my skin because he thought he was going to be the one named leader. And here she comes, he gets demoted, and then she puts him down. I'd be like losing my mind. So yeah, that's a good. And it's so well written too. Trigger happy flyboy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, all right. So we are halfway there. Uh, we're six out of twelve down. So I'm going to go with my next one, which is Overgrown Mophead. And uh, this is, again, C-3PO just not being grateful at all. Uh, Chewie just risked his life to save C-3PO uh, from the four or five Ugnaughts who were throw, about to throw him and melt him down. Mm-hmm. And he puts his head on and he happens to put it on backwards and he calls him an overgrown mop head and, uh, and uh, among other things. I don't know if anyone else has that other stuff, but um, I, I just find that funny because, you know, mop head, you don't think of a mop in Star Wars. Uh, maybe mop is canon, but mm-hmm. uh, when you look at Chewie's head and you flip a mop upside down, mm-hmm. okay, I could see that. So it's a nice little metaphor thrown out there by C-3PO. Obviously pissed Chewie off enough where he shut him off. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Uh, and it's just a funny... Uh, uh, funny little engagement between two characters who don't always have moments together, but when they do, they're always usually pretty funny, like in A New Hope with the whole rip a droid out of his socket type of thing. Right, and right. And all that. So uh, a, fu- a funny light, a funny moment in a otherwise pretty dark part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with uh, how you're saying like uh, it's important that the relationship between C-3PO and Chewbacca was built up in that movie. And uh, it's funny because part of that, too, is coming from, like, in that scene, like, so many times C-3PO is, like, totally cool with Chewbacca. And then, like, the flip of a switch, no pun intended, like, he'll just go off on him and, like, turn me around. You have my head on backwards (laughs) and all sorts of stuff. He just gets so mad at him. And uh, I don't know. I I really do like uh, C-3PO in... Empire Strikes Back for a lot of his insults and some of them are obviously directed at uh, Chewbacca. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my next one here, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Obi-Wan um, totally bombing on an entire city of people by sniping them from like at the top of a hill by saying everybody that lives in this area uh, sucks. sucks and yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy and you got to think like if one person down there heard him they'd just be like seriously like what the heck <laughs> like, i'm just trying to live yeah. my life man yeah <laughs> i'm just like, passing through <laughs> literally everybody like he just describes <laughs> the entire spaceport as uh as a i don't know like a cesspool of just awfulness yeah i don't know uh i i always thought it was interesting um like i said he not only drops a bomb on the entire city but he also like snipes it he doesn't say it to anybody he's just like like everybody down there i just think that's so funny to me right he's not like this one bar he's like every single creature down there sucks (laughs) and it's cool too because it's it's kind of um like a lot of the the 
um, insults in Star Wars, I think, do tend to be a little bit more well written. Like they they were like, yeah. what do we what do we want to do? Like, what's a Star Wars insult? And they kind of think about it. I think that carries through to any writer or any creator that's working on Star Wars. That's one of those those like pleasures that you get where it's like you you need to insult this person and it could literally be anything and they know that when they make up a word or when they make up an insult like that it's going to be like well what the heck is a mo-? you know <laughs> like what the heck is a hurt- nerve herder that was the one we said earlier like i think i think like, tyke is going to come up with the best insults we've ever heard oh yeah you know it's going to happen yeah <laughs> but but that one in particular a, a wretched hive you know what i mean it's like yeah. this right. like yeah. they're going in and out and they're working together and they all have their own little purposes and their own little idea of how it's gonna g- play out um but it but it's not a good thing it's a scum and villainy which uh is kind of its own fun term to describe star warsy things you know what i mean and then you get to the cantina and it's like half working like rubber masks and stuff and like <laughs> just these little things like boop 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 <laughs> you're like you're like oh man this is about to be an interesting chapter and then like they get to it and it's like and you're like what the heck is this movie <laughs> it does sound like a family guy type skit where he's like this place sucks and then there's the one guy being like hey like yeah, he's right. yeah. Uh, yeah like it's no, a spaceport i'm from Atlanta, like I'm yeah. just here on business, <laughs> man. On, just breezing this through. This is a layover for me. Like, just calm <laughs> yeah. down, man. Chill, man. Not yeah. everybody sucks. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. We've said a lot about that. But <laughs> my next one is actually, I'd, I'd say on my list is probably the most serious of insults. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of Star Wars insults are obviously comedic moments where someone says something ridiculous and you laugh. Uh, this is one of those insults that I think, out of all the ones in Star Wars, hurt the most as like a viewer you were like oh that oh that didn't go well uh and it's when snoke calls kylo ren a child in a mask in the last Mm. jedi um i just felt like this moment was i kind of remember the theater people being like (laughs) oh like it's just one of those things that like you have this guy that just got like killed basically in a fight with this girl untrained as we know um and then he's going to meet his master and he's trying to be all tough with the mask and he's like yo take it off you suck (laughs) like you're a child you're not great he's like 30 years old and this guy's calling him a child it just seems so terrible and you could see it uh the way adam portrays it on kylo's face and then obviously to what happens in the elevator he's just totally destroyed and he's like you know as he says like i've given so much to you and he's just like nah you're a kid you're a little kid you can never handle this oh that yeah. would be the worst and and I, don't, and I don't mean to jump in but i yeah. but this particular insult to me too also extends out to people who were insulting kylo ren uh who maybe didn't like Force Awakens or were jumping oh, that on he that acted bandwagon? Childish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're like, oh, he's just a—he's uh, throwing temper tantrums and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And um, coming coming into that and and seeing that that Snoke uh, is is calling him something similar, like a, a, a Force Awakens hater, you know, would call him this. And just he to just see killed how his that, father, and he's like, "You're a child." Yeah, he's like, just to Sir, see how that I affects his personality yeah. and and his drive. 
no pun intended mm-hmm. again <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like what will what, and snoke's uh, obviously a master manipulator and that's how you know he lured him and and all of that and what better technique of someone who's an abuser than to hit him where you know it's going to hurt the most and what has kylo ren been trying to do this whole time is abandon who he was which was an adult, this yeah. entitled prince child of this great lineage and uh, he was trying to prove that he was better than Vader, that he could do what Vader couldn't do, that he is a villain. You know, like, w- look how Lor Santeca set him off by saying, you can't deny the truth that is your family. He killed the guy. He's You're like, I'll so show you right. the dark side. <laughs> so Snoke, again, gets under his skin by saying you're a child in a mask. This whole time he's been trying to do the exact opposite of that. So that's obviously going to piss him off and then he tries uh, so, to stand up yeah. and then gets shot right back down yeah well force lightning yeah so yeah good pick all right uh my last one here is uh i think one of the more iconic ones in the franchise so i'm saving my best for last with uh han solo about to die and uh how he kind of says it he tells 3po to tell job of the hut that he's a slimy piece of worm-ridden filth and the way he says <laughs> filth is with extra ilf and i and i love it so 3po you tell that slimy piece of worm ridden filth he'll get some no such pleasure from us uh so i just love it you know han solo he's he's about to die but he's like i'm not going out without making sure this guy knows what i think of him and uh that's han solo to a t absolutely you know, always just uh shooting from the hip and i love it <laughs> a slimy piece of worm-ridden filth like it's just it's so detailed the dirtiest of dirty yeah, yeah it's like and, and it's worm-ridden too like to the extent of like it gives you this picture of like what is going on inside Jabba's body too like he's just filled with like maggots and stuff and, and it's just like yeah. it's like you can it Jeez. almost makes more what well, it almost makes more yeah. sense than just like general organs and stuff like he does You're like feel t- like describing the guy Oogie Boogie from Nightmare Before uh, Christmas, yeah, where he's kinda, just yeah. bugs. Yeah, kind of. But I mean, I mean, hey, that's what he says. He's so it's just like it. it when I hear slimy piece of worm-ridden filth, I just picture something like like a dead corpse on the side of the <laughs> wa- uh, like road or something, and you're like poking it with a stick, and then you flip it over, and you're like, oh, oh ew, it's okay. so much worse than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Why you both seem so shocked by that? <laughs> just very descriptive. Oh. I mean, it's yeah, it feels like out of a Saw movie or something. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, maybe I can be a little bit more lighthearted <laughs> with my final insult. <laughs> There's this um, dead body and it's yeah, I mean, your I, hand. I mean, I think everybody has played has been at least a little bit curious about like some sort of dead animal or something they found but um <laughs> i thought you were gonna say curious about a dead body i was like what no no obviously <laughs> i've never found a dead body but um my last pick is going to be from uh qui-gon jinn uh and he he says to jar jar binks um, the ability to speak does not make one intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> right after calling him brainless. Yeah. Yeah. I spec. <laughs> yeah. I spec. And I think, um, I think there's a, uh, there's like a, a personal f- 
they're not a personal, but like a, a, a connection that fans make with that insult for whatever reason. Um, there's a lot of insults get carried over, but I feel like I hear that one a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Anytime we ever talk about like sentient creatures and, and the, and just, or like even like just dumb people in, in real life. Like I feel like star Wars fans would use that against like uh a member of the house of representatives or something like that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, it's, a, it mm-hmm. it's, feels like it's a regular go-to insult that is, um, not so much like star Wars related, but like, right. it's also like a piece of, um, um, I don't know. like a, like a, uh, shoot, what are they called? Like a, a fortune cookie kind of thing, you know, like you open it up mm-hmm. and it says the ability to speak does not make one intelligent. And it's like, right. oh, that's clever and interesting. And if you were to actually use that on somebody, it goes back to John's like mindless philosopher thing. It feels like you're really insulting them that none of their words like mean anything. You know what I mean? Like you can talk, but you are stupid and it doesn't mean and nothing you say matters. So, um, and I always thought it was it was happy, too. And it was uh, clearly overlooked by the individual, which I thought was interesting, too. Like He didn't get insulted by that. It was just like, I don't I don't know what that means, but he just kept going, you know. He's like, no, I, I, I can talk. I don't yeah. know what's worse. It's being called like a slimy piece of worm ridden filth or basically like behind the back being told that you're dumb. Yeah. Because it does. It's not he's not straight out being like, you're dumb. He's saying a phrase that you could either be like, is he talking? Is he is he talking about me? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what I mean, yeah, exactly. Ugh. That's kind you're of like worse. you're uncertain about the the situation or the vibe. You're like, is that yeah. is that I like mean, a dig at me? It's like I a subtweet. It's like the yeah. original subtweet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jar Jar gets hit pretty hard in that movie, and mm-hmm. there, there's others. There's there's another Obi Wan one that maybe I'll bring up after. But uh, we have one spot left. Our last one. Let's finish out the list here, Lacey. Okay. What's what's number twelve? Yeah, so I actually, I have a line that I love that's not necessarily insult, so if we do get into that, I'll share it, but my number one pick, or number 12 pick, but my number one pick, (laughs) is my favorite insult in all of Star Wars, easily. This is the first one I always go to, and it's Mangy Kashyyykian Moof Milker. Oh, fantastic. From Solo, A Star Wars Story, and it really, it's funny because a lot of these insults have come from Han Solo. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's just who he is, but... The way that John was actually talking about the slimy piece of worm-ridden filth was very similar to this. The way he, like, he, like, announces every syllable of it. Like, he, mm-hmm. like, pronounces the word very, very specifically so that you, he, he's like, you need to listen to everything I'm telling to you, Chewbacca. Yeah, you he enunciates, <laughs> enunciates and is very milker. articulate, yeah. Yeah, and you see it's like all over his face too when he says it. It's so perfect. And I remember laughing so hard in the movie theater when I saw it and I still laugh every time I watch the movie and it's just perfect and uh it's the first thing I think of when someone's like, "Oh, what's your favorite Star Wars insult?" It's that. It's just it's like a the three punch knockout like ridiculousness that then ultimately leads to the greatest friendship of all time, the greatest right. best buddy friendship. So mm-hmm. It's just really funny because I can I can't even tell you like my one of my best friends is like he's so crazy and we met because we both hated each other <laughs> and then ultimately we became mm. best friends. So it reminds me of that where you're like, well, we're in this together. We might as well get along. And then 
and then that's it but yeah good pick yeah it's it's funny because he han it's it's obviously something han carries with him because he uses move milker in force awakens so right, i like right, that right. i almost said it earlier and i stopped myself and i know it's it. okay though yeah i was like <laughs> okay. uh nerf herder, nerf herder. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so go back and listen yeah it's um and you know he acknowledges where he's from and the fact that he said mangy like you just think of like an old dirty abandoned uh well he's so skinny kennel. yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his, yeah, mangy's like when you're the hair's matted and you're all gross and stuff. So <laughs> starving in a cage for three days. He's like, you're mangy, yeah. and he's like, I'm literally starving, sir. <laughs> yeah, imagine like when when Han goes, could couldn't we have done this one at a time when they were in the shower? He's like, dude, you called me mangy. Like, I gotta get my shower on. I <laughs> cleaned up here. Um, so that's a that's a good pick. Solo, you don't you can't go wrong with that. So that's a great one. So, so what, let's run it down. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, what are your honorable mentions? Oh, yes. So my honorable mention was not necessarily a straight out insult because we had discussed this before the show of like, are we doing straight insults or like kind of like off to the side insults? Jabs, yeah. Yeah. So my favorite kind of insult is actually Ray to Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi where she goes, I've seen your daily routine. I know you're not busy or I know you're not busy. I've seen your daily routine. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so funny because she literally like obviously was just following him around or like ray from nowhere oh that is nowhere like that whole exchange between them is so perfect because it's like Mm -hmm. these like really subtle jabs at each other and then they ultimately are like oh we're on the same page here but it's like that very tension like you're a jerk i'm a jerk we're both jerks (laughs) like john John, what was yours i almost had mouthy scooch from solo just because i think it's cute in a way and it's really funny and the way that Beckett just says it uh in the middle of this war I think is mm-hmm. funny but one that really should have made my list because it's out of character for who he is Obi-Wan Kenobi saying why do I get the feeling we just picked up another pathetic life form oh yeah <laughs> it's so that's harsh like, that yeah, is that's, good yeah that's, that's a good brutality one. from Obi-Wan Kenobi so yeah, yeah, I like that one a lot. That's that seems like it would have been one of my picks. A couple honorable mentions. I I, I almost did a complete Leia on Hoth suite, like every one of mine, because she has so many good ones while she's there. Um, I was really close to putting. Uh, I'd just as soon kiss a Wookie, and I for the very beginning of it, I all also had a uh, laser brain. Which laser to, brain, yeah. Which to me uh, is also it has this. I don't new, know where like, you get your delusions, laser yeah, brain. Yeah, it it uh it also transcends now, and this is unintentional. But whenever I hear laser brain, my mind automatically goes to Guardians of the Galaxy two when uh, Rocket is insulting Taser Face, which is very close to laser oh brain. Oh my god, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> and they have the whole like Taser Face. Uh, thing where he's like you get up and you look yourself in the mirror and you think taser face that's a great name <laughs> that whole deal i forgot about how funny when i hear is. laser brain i think it's very similar it's the same kind of insult in the vibe as taser face so um but i almost <laughs> went full uh leia on this one but i, I decided right. to break it up a little bit yeah um yeah that's that's good stuff all right let's run down the list real quick here the official answers and uh, yeah, so we went with Mindless Philosopher, Clumsy As He Is Stupid, 
fuzzball, overweight glob of grease, stuck up half-witted scruffy looking nerf herder, trigger happy flyboy, <laughs> overgrown mop head, wretched hive of scum and villainy, a child in a mask, a slimy piece of worm ridden filth, the ability to speak does not make one intelligent, <laughs> and uh, mangy kashiki and move milker. And just for demographics sake, we have eight from the original trilogy, Ooh. two from the sequel trilogy, one from the prequel trilogy, and one from Solo, standalone movie. Wow. So that's our picks. Let us know what you think of our choices. Obviously, there's a ton. So let it rip in the comments. If you want to quote tweet the episode, whatever you got to do, let's have some fun with some more of them. We want to hear what your picks were. And because uh, they're like when I suggested this, I'm like, I hope there's enough. And then you start thinking, you're like, yeah. there's a lot. Those little freaks. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. So it's usually Han Solo. Any Han Solo scene just <laughs> right. says yeah. something. All right, and that is that. So we're going to move on to our next segment, and Lacey is going to shepherd us through that. Yep, so guys, it is time for Is the Force With You? The Force will be with you, always. So Is the Force With You is our segment where we pitch a hypothetical situation and decide whether we buy or sell the idea by saying whether the Force is with us or not. I will read the scenario, and we will each answer whether the force is with us or not and briefly explain why so the scenario is if star wars makes another film trilogy should it be filmed all the same or all at the same time like lord of the rings sorry that was my mistake is the force with you john uh no i don't think so um i get the idea because people want the the cohesiveness that they felt that the sequel trilogy didn't have. I think you could write it and have it all written, but um, I think it's a little dangerous to film it all at the same time. And I'm going to borrow a page out of what JJ Abrams said sort of about that, where yeah, you don't know that maybe the audience receives a certain character in the first movie a lot better than you thought. And you want to make some changes to the second one because of that and beef up their role or something doesn't work in the first one. Like look what happened with Jar Jar in the prequels. Like clearly George pulled it, reeled him in a bit for the last two and really diminished his role after the reaction to the first movie. That wasn't a coincidence. So I think you, I like the idea of giving the creators the breathing room to make changes that they need to. Whereas if you film it all at once and then show it to your audience, you're like, well, that's it, you know? And Lord of the Rings, you have these classic books. Everyone knows the story. So that's your safety net. You know, it works with the audience. Whereas if you do a brand new set of Star Wars movies, you don't really know how they're going to receive it. And if you give them 50 minutes of Jar Jar in all three of the prequels, because you filmed it all at once, I love Ahmed best. I think that's a that's a rough time for a lot of people. So I'm going to say the force is not with me, James. Hmm. Um, I I the force is with me on this. Uh, I understand those points, um, and but I I still have to push back a little bit on that because like I understand it from JJ's point of view as a director on his own, but it's also kind of like one of those things where it's like JJ was like, oh man, I didn't know people were going to react to Captain Phasma. If it were up to JJ, he would have probably elevated that role a little bit. But yep. because they did it, you know, in the way that they did it, it um it never ended up happening anyway, you know, that we we didn't get that character that way. So I think that, you know, 
moving from movie to movie does have that added benefit, but I don't think that necessarily guarantees that added benefit. But what I think it does guarantee is the connectivity that, you know, is, is important as well. And that's something that I, I would be very surprised to find out that they filmed all three movies at the same time, but they feel so drastically crazy different, you know, um, that, and it would, it would almost be an accomplishment in itself. Like how the heck did you film all three of these at the same time? And they feel different in that, in that way, you know, how force awakens feels from last Jedi. I mean, I've, I would think that would be astonishing. I, uh, I think that, um, that coming in from the perspective of having, um, just the one filmmaker present the idea. I'm a star Wars fan enough that I think like, no matter what that first film is going to be, I'm going to enjoy and understand that characters or that director's decisions for the second and third one, even though they are already wrapped on it. Um, so, and, uh, the other thing too, is I just think this also helps support the idea that we might get, more Star Wars movies regularly because like when they filmed and this maybe is a bad example but they filmed Matrix uh, 2 and 3 back to back you were able to see the turnaround on that within like 6 months that isn't always the case with movies where they do it like that but I think that um, it could show down the line that they they have that intention we're going to shoot all these at the same time because we we know we're going to make the money that we want on these we we're going to do it anyway we're going to do it save some money do that director's vision okay. put out more movies i i like the whole practice i i really don't see too many downsides to it i i could maybe when it comes out and it's bad or for whatever reason we'll look back but i think right now this could be something that could help star wars forces with me yeah it's tough i'm kind of like stuck in the middle because i see both opinions i think that the force is ultimately with me on this and i understand that the lord of the rings is a very different monster because it was around for so long and everyone knows those stories inside now and they knew what to expect and they knew what was coming um but i think the benefit of shooting everything at once we saw it with avengers with the same filmmakers going into two movies um it really depends on what the story is You know, if you have someone that's young, like the Stranger Things cast, you're going to want to shoot all that stuff at once because they might age out of the role. So it really depends on who's involved and what the story is. I mean, unfortunately, we had the passing of Carrie Fisher. If they shot everything at once, she would have been in all three movies. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot more risk in not shooting everything at once than shooting everything at once. But I understand the other side of the risk of what if someone doesn't like something But my response to that is they could always tweak things with reshoots, even though the entire movies are shot. That if something doesn't work, they can tweak it. So I'm going to say the force is with me. So let us know what you think in the comments and on Twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N on Instagram. Let us know what you think. Um, We'd love to hear it. And now going back to John. All right. Yeah. Thanks to everybody for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the segments today and the episode overall. Uh, Thanks for being a part of the resistance. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, Just to let you all know that uh, we have uh, a special shout out we have to do. We talked about Patreon at the top. Um, We have to say a special thank you to our Patreon generals and our spice runners. Uh, First, our generals, I want to say big shout out to Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Paul Olson, Jay Couchins, Oliver Lewis, 
Frank Rondé, Hass Islam, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, Timothy Hill, John Charlton. Great job on the pod race, by the way, on Monday, buddy. Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you, General, so much. And now our Spice Runners. We got David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gelnar, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, and Micah Harrison. Yes. Thank you all, your Generals and Spice Runners, so much for all of your support and all of our patrons in the TRB base. Uh, we can't do it without you. I can't stress that enough. Thank you all so much for all your support. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, and again, you know, I didn't say this. Usually I say this when we do our commentaries. You know, obviously when we do a commentary, that means we hit our next goal and we were able to do The Last Jedi. And when we started this thing, I couldn't even imagine that we would have gotten to The Last Jedi. And the fact that we have, it's all thanks to you. So yeah. thank you all so much for all of that. Absolutely. Um, make sure you do subscribe to the show. Like we keep saying to you, whether it's YouTube or your preferred audio podcast platform, we are seeing growth in a lot of spots, especially like Spotify. Uh, we even just charted again recently in the UK. We were top 100 TV and film podcast in the UK on Apple Podcasts. Awesome. So thank you to all of our friends over in Europe, especially in the UK. That is, I've never been to the UK, but my voice is there. It's amazing. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty cool. So thank you all. Make sure you do subscribe and spread the word because the word of mouth is the best way to uh, bring people into the community here. Uh, Star Wars Newsnet for all of your Star Wars news, of course. Reviews, a lot of public reviews there. uh, Editorials, information, and more. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and at StarWarsNewsnet.com and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies, available on all podcast apps. Lacey? People can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Mm-hmm. James, <laughs> why do you say that so loud? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me on Most Twitter milker. and Instagram at Meyer Trunks on Bad Batch coming out uh, another episode tomorrow. If you want to get up early in the morning and uh, watch it with me, that's great. Um, and you can always find me watching my favorite back-to-back production, Back to the Features, chapters two and three. Oh, yes. Filmed at the same time. Good. Dropped a trailer Good for films. the third one. After at the, the end, right? at the end of the second one, That's it's part so of the baller. movie. Can you imagine? Oh my god! If we if you watch a Star Wars movie and at the end of it you had the trailer for the next one, <laughs> holy cow! Well, that's what Marvel's been doing forever. Credit yeah. and yeah. All right, uh, Dan, one day, one day, the table will turn where Marvel's going to be like, ah, <laughs> oh, Star Wars is doing that. Damn. I thought you were going to say one day. one day we will get through this podcast without mentioning Marvel. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Damn Marvel. Well, who knows? Maybe if we grow enough, maybe one day like we'll have a Marvel show. I won't be on it, but who knows? I'd love to talk but, Marvel all day. Yeah, every yeah. day. Um, so here's the deal. We hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. And as always, we're going to be back on Monday morning with another episode right here on TRB. So see you around, kids. <laughs>